Hey, Raja. What's up, Mom? What's going on? It's Tuesday. It is a good day. Yeah, it's one of my favorite days. Mine, too. Um, Time to get into some show. Yeah, I'm ready. Last episode, we talked about the weight of your name, so the legacies that you build and create, and how they are connected to your name, your actual name. And we also um, touched on the importance of using the names people give you, especially when it's a new relationship. Use that name before you try to create a nickname. Put some respect on it. Oh, yes. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. This, this is, is talking brown, brown sugar. Sugar, I want some of your brown sugar. Today we're in a sugar bowl with some random thoughts. What are you pulling out today, Mom? Realtors. When you're trying to find realtors or places to stay, apartment homes, vacation homes, what it may have be, just be on the lookout for scams. Just don't, <laughs> just don't take anything for whatever they say. Always do a better business bureau background if you're not sure. Or get someone who has been in the rental experience who might know a little something about it. And check with your banks. Plus, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, trust. It is not a, it's a joke. You don't want nobody to be playing with your coins. Um, read your fine print. Do your background check on these people. Because they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. And don't ever try to be letting them lure you in to give you the uh, information from you. Like, oh, yeah, we have a free dinner gift. Oh, guess what? We're going to give you these tickets to go to a new movie that's coming out. By the way, can I get your Social Security number? No. Yeah, if you're unsure, always ask for help outside of the realtor or whoever you're going through to purchase um, those big investments um like check with your bank you can also just call up a friend and sometimes you know things that sound good to you because you're hyping you're trying to make these money moves you don't hear everything out or read everything um the way it might be in black and white so ask for help um for somebody to look over your stuff before you sign on the dotted line or hand over any money or you know make any hard decisions Yes, because my daughter was my extra eyes when we was looking at her pursue a home for mortgage. And it turned out the guy didn't want to do business with us after he was giving his little spruce, like, oh, well, if you know how to paint, you can do this. Oh, do you know how to do this in the bathroom and fix sinks and stuff? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking at my daughter like, that's good. Then me and her both gave it eye. He was looking a little strange. He was saying I was taking money from him. Really? Yeah. You lost a good customer. Yes, um, always have an extra set of eyes um, because I feel like anything, just about anything, can be negotiated. Um, make things work for you. Don't have people, you know, pushing you to meet their deadlines or their quotas. Find facts and watch when they be asking for all this money up front. Because if you're doing a viewing or open house, they usually ask you, you know, just to give your name, you show your driver's license or vice versa. Don't put no hard cash up front. They're trying to use you. Read the fine print. Yeah, you're just supposed to show up for free cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
or the free cookie smell. Um, whatever they do to get you in the door. Um, did you watch um Beyonce's homecoming? Did you attend? I did. I did watch some of it. It was really good. I didn't see all of it though. I think I watched most of the Coachella performance, and then when it started uh, getting um, really heavy, creative, emotional with the quotes, I said, ooh, can't do this while I need to focus on work, so I paused it, Um, but I will be returning to start over and um, diving back into that because it's really fun, Um, the first couple of minutes through the whole Coachella um, performance and you bouncing back between the yellow and pink it was just a great experience and awesome that she was able to create that deal um that's gonna sustain her like she needs it but you know that's creating a legacy she's i don't i haven't seen anybody else do anything like this um considering people who've performed at coachella or who you know is working with netflix now um so it's cool that netflix is one doing something like this and that beyonce is showing people how you know the different ways you can secure a bag um sometimes it's not necessarily securing the bag at one time but securing uh multiple bags and lining up uh royalties and different products and deliverables to your fan base because you know you got the merch you got these um before i let go challenge i think we should try it you have you seen the before i let go challenge uh-huh. you want to try not try we could do it because um, I definitely mastered um, Sierra's dance challenge. Um, we up. just, yep, level up. We level up. We leveled up. Um, but we didn't level up on anybody's camera. Um, we didn't record it. Um, it's somewhere in somebody's cookout. But um, I think we should do it. Okay. It's getting warm out. I've seen some great things. I think we can we can turn it out. Be on the lookout. Shake an ankle or two. Oh, oh, <laughs> Janice. That's what that is. We can do a couple of stretches and knock it out. But um, definitely take a moment to experience homecoming uh, Beyonce's way. Um, but I think it's cool that she gave a shout out to HBCUs at a time where people are really um, not supporting HBCUs, especially with this administration. They're not, um, never have really been guaranteed um, the funding they really need to keep their doors open to give people um, a chance to attend these schools. Um, great institutions, different ways of learning, and just allowing especially black people a space to learn um, where they don't feel like the outsider um, and getting information they might not get at a PWI or just another institution. Exactly, because you see they're just not helping out. We have to be strong for each other. Yes, support HBCUs um, all the time, anytime that you can. Um, we covered this story with Bennett College. And um, if you look at the history of how many we've had in this country and how that number is uh, dwindling down to just 111, I think, currently we have, um, that are accredited and still around and functioning um like, we got to share the love for HBCUs, even if you didn't attend one, because I haven't. Um, but, you know, support them while they're here. The same way we have to support our our legends and people while they're here. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, 
where we put a little sugar in your cup. Well, just looking over things, spring and summertime, even fall and winter, let's talk about traveling. Don't be scared. Beware. Pickpockets. Pickpockets are on the lookout. <laughs> I started laughing. Uh-huh. Oh, you going to keep it on, huh? Yes. Oh, you, you dirty rat. <laughs> but anyway, be on the lookout for pickpockets. You know, when you're going to anywhere, in, anywhere, even the mall, subway, church. Get a pickpocket in the winter. Yeah, I just said fall and winter. So if you're going That's somewhere like though. a, I know, but if you're going to a carnival, you're going to a mountain resort. Out the country. Out the country, especially out the country, because they know that we, as Americans or any newcomers, a tourist. You got a we tourist look. we might look a little different. Like in England, they don't usually wear baseball hats. Or, so, hear your, hears your accent. You know, and that too, definitely that. And they're watching people who are looking annoyed or not paying attention or in their phone. And they're looking at the museum. They're looking at the pictures or they're looking at the statues. They be like, "We got one." Or watch it when people come to you and saying they they looking lost, acting like they're tourists and being fake, and somebody else is what? Cutting your Louis Vuitton, your Gucci pocketbook. And then you know what? You don't have your passport. You don't have anything. And then you're feeling lost. So, gentlemen, try to keep your wallets in the front. Ladies, carry something like a fanny bag. I know they're coming back. You can have a wallet, sweetie. You sure can. I have a wallet, but I don't use it. But be on the lookout, you know, and, and when you have somebody with you, have them watching your back. If you, you know, if you're going in somewhere getting some souvenirs, you know, just don't whip out your card. Try to get traveler's checks or just get a visa card or some kind of card that you can just use over there without always using your coins, your dollars, and your ID. And then when you go into your hotel, be mindful. Watch out for your bellboys. Not trying to put people on hype, but you got a lot of flim flammers, fakes. And plus the people like giving you rides and you're trying to wet, wave down those taxis, the little carts, bicycle riders, whatever. Just be mindful where you're at. Do some homework before you go. And then even when you're in your local town, you know you got people coming up to you. They pick pockets too. So just be safe. Yes, I've been watching too much CCTV recordings while doing other uh, work. Um, that's on Netflix. Um and the many ways people can slide things off of you. Um, and what I learned from, in general, just traveling, um, is good to have fanny packs or if you have a purse um, or some kind of bag strapped around your shoulder, uh, make sure that it's either on your thigh where your arm is when you like put your arm down or in front of you where you can see it because a lot of the times they could... Um, pickpocketers can slide your zipper open and then you know bounce around you move around you like they're following you for a good minute or two unzip your bag then in another motion come back slide their hand in a couple of times or however many times especially if like you sit down to take a break while you guys are taking pictures or you know just taking a break and you have your purse or whatever bag you have with you if it's sitting next to you um, put your arm over it um, even if you are just like involved in a heavy conversation, you don't think about somebody sitting right next to you, just rummaging through your bag to grab your wallet. They can grab anything out your bag. Um, but yes, take copies and pictures of your passport or any identification you have. Um, 
so if you do misplace or to lose it while traveling, you at least have that um, to prove who you are while you're trying to collect your things, you know, if that were to ever happen. Yes, and alert the police if something happens. You know, don't panic. Try to stay calm and enjoy your travel. Yep. What you got next? Alrighty. I like this one. It's from, um, excuse me, BuzzFeed. High school has a new dress code for parents and it's being called what? Discriminatory. The dress code bans satin caps, bonnets, which are calmly worn by black women to protect their hair. This story is by Julia Rohnstein. This is the principal, Miss Carletta Otley Brown. She's the principal of James Madison High School. A Houston high school has implicated a new dress code, but this one is for the parents. I think it's a good thing to me, but sometimes the way they word things is a little far. At James Madison High School, parents are no longer permitted on school grounds wearing satin caps or bonnets, hair rollers, pajamas, leggings, anything revealing such as low-cut tops, sagging pants, short shorts, and dresses that are up to your behind are banned. Um, the principal sent out a letter forbidding the, the dress code when they had an incident when a parent came to enroll her child. She found out later on, as days progressed, the letter was sent out after her incident. The letter was sent to the parents the day after the local news station reported that a mother was turned away from the school after she showed up in a T-shirt and a headscarf. And they was also commenting on how... White women can come in leggings, yoga pants, stain shirts, but nothing is being said. So as a spokesperson for Houston Independent School District declined comment, and Brown did not immediately respond to the request for comments because they was wondering why was this directed directly to black parents. So I feel that we should be mindful when we come in to our kids' school or any kind of activity just be neat, you know, because I was raised, don't leave the house looking a mess. You can be a mess in the house, but just be mindful on how you look because representation is a must. Um, hmm. This one's tough for me because I understand you want to um, keep some kind of decorum or whatever when you're interacting with parents or if you have children in the vicinity. But I'm thinking about the times I've been to open houses and enrollment um, and then the coded language that they're using as far as like satin caps, bonnets, second pants, um, that's respectability politics. And that necessarily um, doesn't always grant us the things we're seeking in the first place. So telling people you can't have dreads, you can't have silk caps, you can't have bonnets, you can't have second pants, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that um, – Parents of different um, physical, racial appearances are going to be receiving the same kind of services, welcomes, uh, welcoming, um, feel packages as parents who aren't of color or, you know, specifically black. Um, So I think the way it was worded could have been better. Um, 
to not necessarily single out groups of people. Um, but as an institution, if that's something you want to do, just with a dress code, list what is what what you expect people to come in. Say this is a certain type of event, you know, mm-hmm. when you're um, announcing that there's enrollment. Also include um, that parents should dress like such and such. But that also then complicates it because what if the parents came in what they had? I'm not saying they don't have better to dress because um, you shouldn't, you don't necessarily need to wear pajamas when you go into a formal things such as enrolling your child into school because I understand there's as an event you know all kinds of parents and students and kids and when you're wearing certain kinds of clothing clothing more clothes some clothing can be more real than others but I think that um set a um standard but also be considerate of parents who may not be able to meet the standard Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying nobody has to come in with a suit and tie, but I think the principal, sometimes it takes away from the child, and, and people are just so judgmental. And sometimes you just have to be, if you got to run in that school, let them know, look, I got to drop this off. But be prepared for it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know this was an argument on um, Twitter, too, because people, um, I, it not really an argument, but kind of like a thread I saw on Twitter um, between Crystal from the read um she was talking about how she wished she could go out in her bonnet and silk cap sometimes so she doesn't have to necessarily risk losing moisture and um i th- i know when i was in upper bound we couldn't go we could we could get on the bus we were traveling we could get on the bus um with our head wrapped up or whatever but when we get off and we're starting a tour and Go places, you know, whatever your hair is supposed to be styled in needs to be that. And you should look at such, no hair scarves, wraps or anything. Um, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, why can't I wear my bonnet for two seconds when I'm going to XYZ? Um, if I don't want to actually take my hair down. Because then we don't talk about how much work it is to put your hair up. I don't care if it's a weave, your hair. Whatever style, you know how long it takes you to put some hard rollers in, do some bantu knots, a twist out that you don't necessarily need until your interview day or when you actually are in the office when you're working. Like taking your hair down, putting it back up just so you can go outside. That's a lot of work. And so we think about larger systems that are in place. Um, who's, you know, making the rule that you can't wear a silk cap and box? Like, who is that really for? Cause we had we you know we've had to fight for people to uh, to be allowed to wear um, hijab and other uh, religious wear. Not saying that they're the same thing, but it's similar because it's like police policing different groups of color. And I think if you want to wear your silk cap and bonnet out, who is that hurting? My hair if I take it off. Well, me personally, I'm not leaving my house with no bonnet on, no scarf. Because when I used to come to the schools, I'm going to make sure my stuff is together because you're going to represent me. I'm going to represent my child from day one. Some people get carried away. You know, if you're going to wear some leggings, have a nice blouse on. Or if you ain't got time to comb your hair, pull it back. Or pull back what you can pull back. Or you know what? Emergency needs. Grab that wig, girl. Men, throw on a nice cap. You know, you haven't made it to the barber. Throw on that cap and do what you got to do. Represent your child so your child won't get bullied and picked at. That's my deal. 
I agree with that. Um, Representing your child well so they don't get bullied. They get bullied enough um, these days. Um, But you remember I used to have a fit um, trying to figure out how to walk outside. You remember you used to tell me what I would do. Like if I brushed my hair up in the morning or something, I wanted to lay my edges back when I thought that was a thing. Um, Lay my edges down. You'd be like, go ahead and get on the bus uh, with the scarf and just take it off before you go to school. Oh, so I can't go outside the door with my scarf on. And you'd be like, well, when I go to work, I have my scarf on until I get out the cab or get out whatever. Um, I feel like that's the same thing. Oh, yeah. If people got a timely matter, you know you're going in this building, church, business, job interview, take that scarf off and throw it in your pocketbook or throw it in your shirt where you got to do it. Represent yourself well. Because the first thing they see, they're not going to care about what is coming out your mouth, what your credentials are, where you come from, is where you at and what you bring to the table. So when would you say it's okay? Because we have all been in the beauty supply store, um, fast food restaurant, Walgreens, just, you know, looking however at whatever hour it is. Um, when did, When would you say... It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, after 5 o'clock, do what you do. But if you're going to school to pick up these babies in PTA meetings, come on now. And if you're coming off your job, can't help that. Now, if emergency happens, all bids, if you just roll out that bed, you better roll up there and get that baby for social service come and get you. If you got your pajamas on, sometimes you just might have to do what you do. But make sure you got on some clean-looking stuff, people. Come on now. Oh, wait. What else you have for the people? All right. Moving right along from BuzzFeed. Ancestry.com has pulled an ad aimed backlash that it whitewashed the violent history of slavery. This kind of got up under my skin. Critics point out that the ad ignored the fact black women were often raped, not romantically woed by the white slave owner. This is by um, Salvador Hendernanis. Hernandez, excuse me. Hernandez. <laughs> yes. The DNA testing company Ancestry.com on Thursday took down a controversial ad which depicts a white man romantically pursuing a black woman in what appears to be slave-owning South aimed a torrent of blackish from people who accused the company of whitewashing the violent history of slavery. We all know this too so true. It is not even February no more. And the ad called Inspirable and posted on Ancestry's YouTube channel, a white man and a black woman described in a caption as lovers are seen trying to go unnoticed while running through the streets. Abigail, the man tells the woman as he pulls her, pulls a gold ring from his pocket, we can escape to the north. There's a place where we can be together across the border. While you leave with me, he asked the video fades into black. The ad was first posted online April 2nd. In a statement to BuzzFeed News Ancestry.com, one of the most popular at-home DNA testing companies for people seeking to trace their family history. I thought about trying it, but I changed my mind. Ancestry is committed to telling important stories from history, the company said. This ad was intended to represent one of those stories. We very much appreciate the feedback we have received and apologize for any offense that the ad may have caused. 
But the story the company attempted to tell was heavily criticized on social media for what many people call a revisionist version of history. Wow. In reality, my racial children born during the time, represent Washington, D.C., where they're often the result of violent rapes of women, slaved by their slave owners. So, we know what that's about. We know somebody telling a lie, because, you know, when you put these ads up, we know what happened back then. There was nothing romantic back then. You know what? We ain't going to talk about Thomas Jefferson, because he built a whole house with that lady. He did some He did some extra stuff. But it was a whole lot of them, George Washington, all of them. They were kiki and ha-ha, had their favorites. But we know ancestry ain't about us tracing back that kind of stuff. We we know what went down. It was rape. Half of these people will come from different countries. They seen these beautiful melanin skin. And it was like, wow. That's how we got here. It's disgusting. Um, just how the heck did y'all get that out? And then that's not even funny. Like in no kind of way, shape, or form, um, because I know it came out April second, day of the April Fools. Really? Really? Um they tried it. They tried it. Really? Um, com does not have a good history with me, um, especially not making me want to use their product um, because they had issues with race in the past when people were getting tested and black people are getting rest- arrested for older crimes because their ancestry linked them to somebody who um, possibly committed the crime because their DNA was attached to different um, criminal cases. Uh, and now you have this mess. Um, who's in the marketing department? How many people saw this, approved this before it went public? And just, it's just dumb. It's dumb. Um, but we've seen stories like this in novels, movies, where they try to romanticize slavery, especially with the whole, you know, you got the Mandingo complex, all of that mess. The and French maiden off the boat who could read. You know what I'm saying? The the one who can speak a different language. She can speak um German, French, or whatever. So they parade her around to the different people that are visiting across the country, like you said, because she can do something different. She looks different. It's so disgusting. And then as a person who is light-skinned, um, I've never taken pride in being light-skinned. I wasn't raised to do so, no. and I will not um take pride in being light skin um being proud of being light skin um I'm black and I understand especially for more melanated women and men it's it's not it's not the same especially when you think about in the past they were in the field um light skin people in the house closer to the house whatever um but everybody was getting raped in one way or another males and females um and it's it's just disgusting for them to try to make this a cute runaway story when you running away. Like how you 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 try to literally make running away from slavery cute and romantic. <laughs> like I I know what it took for people of my shade to get here. I know what it took to get this 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 shade of coffee. And for them to try to make it seem like, oh, you know, Abigail and whatever the white man name was, um, look how cute this is. We can we can run away to the north, knowing good and darn well they faced racism in the north. It was just different. 
packaged differently, if not worse. Yeah, a lot of times some people went to the north and want me to tell you why they got free. Some of them got missing because they got killed or they were thrown over the boat before they got there. You know, nobody wasn't doing the box brown thing, you know, trying to hide. They had the Underground Railroad, but that's a whole other topic. And you know what? When they used to try to sell that fade cream, people don't don't love. Embrace who you are. Embrace the color that you are blessed with. It's just stupid and disgusting. Um, what what the heck? Um, like they killed their mulatto babies that they made. The mistress, the white woman of the house, would kill, beat the women, cause her husband was um, playing around, raping women, raping them, hiding and selling their children, their mixed babies. Don't make no sense. Ugh. Double. They need a refund. Y'all need a better fight for a refund. Just dumb. Um. So yes, I will not be purchasing any ancestry. I'll figure it out a different way. I know there's a um different product we can use to trace our ancestry. Um we'll plug that in the future and probably in our show notes. Um but you basically trace your ancestry back to your African roots through um your maternal and the matriarchs in your family. So it traces all the way back to your uh to the tribe where they're located in Africa. So that's why we spend it my coins to figure out um where we came from. Um and to just <laughs> bastardize what we go through as a people trying to figure out who we are. We have to go through so much. Black people don't know who they are, what they are made of. None of this stuff cuz it's got so um erased and yeah bobbled up like changing burning burning things changing a name you know what i'm saying um how many people do not have a black last name like you think you trace the roots of your last name is german french all this kind of other stuff it's just trash trifling and trash there's i don't i there's no way you can make up for it um outside of um putting your money where your mouth is at this point i don't want to hear an apology this that where where are you what organizations are you supporting now um what checks are you writing into who thank you let me know who that is and then maybe i'll consider um looking at you as an actual business but as of right now you just no no this article comes from because of them we can um check them out it's a great organization um, talking about black history and connecting the youth to the history um, it helps to know where you come from um, but the article is called or titled mother gives daughter with business instead of a car for sweet 16 i love this story um, when Deidre phillips was planning her daughter nia's sweet 16 party she consistently asked um am i going to get a car but instead of buying nia a new set of sweet wheels um phillips surprised her daughter with something that could take her further a business. I thought to myself, I can always buy her a car. A business, however, could teach her many valuable lessons such as how to lead, build a vision, time management, team building, marketing, budgeting, investing, managing finances, customer service, and so much more. To be 16 years old and to learn these types of lessons is invaluable. It will serve her for the rest of her life. That is why I chose a business, Phillips told Black Enterprise. Talk about a black mama. We black mamas. We the world owes black women ten times over. It's where you come from. 
Um, the business idea didn't come from Phillips. It actually stemmed from a text conversation where Nia told her she wanted to sell lip gloss after watching a YouTube video and learning how to make it. Um, Phillips challenged her daughter to do more than simply sell the lips lip gloss and instead turned it into a brand that could grow. The two came up with the brand name products, but after that, they didn't talk much about it. Uh, a few months after Nia's uh, Sweet 16 rolled around, she didn't fan- see a fancy car um, with a giant bow waiting for her. Instead, she was surprised with a table with her image and brand name um, she and her mother came up with, alongside with some bottles of branded lip gloss and a full website ready to go. Talk about a sixteen Sweet 16 gift. No, I didn't get a car for my birthday. But as one of my friends said at the party, you got a whole business for your 16th birthday. A whole business. But you could buy a car on your own soon, says Nia on her website. Um, and it said, her mom said, um, I want Nia to understand that she has options. If entrepreneurship is the role she wants to take, I will be her number one supporter and the first to invest in her vision and future, says Phillips to Black Enterprise. She continued, we don't see this enough, enough in the black community. Many of us are taught to go to college and get a good job. Girl, yes, it's more to life than working, people. We got to live. Um, it said that's not a bad thing true um even if you have a job multiple streams of income is necessary in today's economy that's what i'm talking about so the brand is called knee a beauty and it carries an array of beauty products from lip gloss to 3d lashes to lipstick um you can find out more about the brand and how you can support the newly minted teenpreneur nia at neabreebeauty.com When I heard this and read the story, it was just beautiful to my soul. I wish I would have thought something better. But you know what? It is never too late to be an entrepreneur. That's so true. At any age, you can get in on the game, collect these coins. Um, think about those side hustles y'all have. Um, a lot of you all have on um, Facebook, Instagram, um, and just, you know, your funny personality. Go ahead and try uh, putting yourself out there. Um, you don't have nothing but time, especially when you watching Netflix, um, binge watching, take your little moment for self care, um, and go, go out there, go out there, um, and do what you can to live a better life that you want to live. I just thought that was so beautiful. Um, and such a mom, a mom thing to do, um, to gift your baby, uh, something that will sustain her beyond you. Um, a lot of parents think about how, you know, they can build wealth for their children. I think that was just a great idea. I do too. Yes. Uh, Hennessy plans to donate $10 million to HBCU graduate students within a 10-year period. Um, I'm going back to school, and y'all, <laughs> let me become a Hennessy candidate. You're going to see that hashtag everywhere. It says, blame it on the Henny. Indeed. <laughs> um, this article is from Blavity by Ashley L. Um, so, Hennessy joined forces with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, that's um, TMCF, to create a fellowship for graduate students who attend HBCUs. The Hennessy Fellows Program will award scholarships and professional development resources to 10 deserving graduate students, according to a press release. Over a decade, Hennessy will provide $10 million to 
fund the initiative. The program will also look to help students who are often overlooked by financial aid programs because, yes, the issue of financial aid is not only limited to undergraduate students on our HBCU campuses. Limited resources for graduate students also lead to student drop-off, said Dr. David Wilson, the president of, the Mor- of Morgan State, one of the schools participating in the program. Um, Hennessy's initiative will be a lifeline support providing more opportunities for graduate students that are often forgotten. Only 8.6% of Fortune 500 executives are black, um, and that's according to 2018. Hennessy Senior Vice President Giles Wooder hopes the program will diversify the corporate world. Continuing a heritage of support and celebration of African-American community that began over 100 years ago, Hennessy is excited to partner with um, TMCF to help ensure more diversity in leadership roles. The immediate goal of the Hennessy Fellows Program is to create a pipeline pipeline as a system of highly qualified talent over the next 10 years and help prepare these future leaders for success. Hennessy Fellows. Doesn't that have a nice ring to it? I need my master's. Yes. So, look out for your girl. You never know. Also, you can, too, be a part of that. Um, Interested graduate students must be at least 21 years of age and process a 3.25 GPA or higher. Scholars cannot have a full-time job while they are enrolled in the program. So they're trying to give y'all some money, money. <laughs> okay. But I mean, it's going to say, it's, that's what you have to do. Invest in yourself. Something we do not do enough as people in color of color. We're often in positions where we have to be of service to others. And that's a habit. That's something, you know, something that could be hereditary passed down in our genes um, that we don't think about. And it's just a habit and a cycle um, so that's one way to break the cycle. Prepare yourself for those kind of leadership positions. Anything you can do to help, I think is great. Um, so yeah, check out Hennessy Fellows Program. I think it's a good thing. I always be as a parent. I'm striving for leaders. Own your brand. Take over the world. Yeah, and I I think it's great that they're um, partnering uh, with uh, HBCUs. Um, yeah. Because we don't value them enough as a country. Moving on to some sad news that happened Monday, just Monday. Um, John Singleton, director, is dead at 51. Um, This is a report done by CNN. says John Singleton, a versatile director who made a splash with Boys in the Hood, and went on to a variety of projects, including Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, we all know um, Poetic Justice and a number of other films, projects, music, TV shows, even uh, directing an episode of Empire. A bunch of different things he was responsible for. Um, he died after suffering a stroke. Um, he went into a coma after suffering a stroke on April 17th and died just this past Monday. The family told CNN in a statement. John passed away peacefully, surrounded by his family and friends. Singleton's family said, uh, we want to thank the amazing doctors at um, Cedar Sinai Hospital for their expert care and kindness. We again want to thank all of John's fans, friends, colleagues for all of the love and support they have showed during this difficult time. 
1992, at the age of 24, Singleton became the youngest person to ever receive an Oscar nomination for Best Director for Boys in the Hood, a film based on his experiences growing up in South Central Los Angeles. He also was the first African American to be nominated for that character category. That was his thesis. His thesis in college? Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood. Yep, that was his thesis. That's what he wrote about, his life story. And what? Put who on the market? Taraji. Cuban Gooding Jr. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube. He paved the way for a lot of people in their movies um, that you think about that came out of that. Just that whole um, market and industry of real stories by real people of color. Um, and not so much a story that's already been told in Hollywood, but literally um, dramatic retellings of what's really going on in the hood, in black communities, um, in a different way that we weren't used to seeing, you know, showing the violence people face, showing how it is to grow up without a dad, without a mom, um, or as a kid with a lot of siblings, all kinds of things, um, and just some great artistic cinematic pieces, uh, especially like Too Fast, Too Furious, that was one of my favorite movies, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Ludacris, um, Paul, Oh, I know Paul, R.I.P. Paul. Yeah. Um, Tyrese. I don't know why I was forgetting his name. That man was so funny. I, and there were so many changes when they had that mix up in the car scene. Like, what? And two, and like Fast and Furious is a whole franchise that now The Rock has his own franchise built off of that mm-hmm. from his character. So it's just like, look at the chain reaction. Um, from what did, what from John his, Singleton started. Mm-hmm, from what John Singleton started. It's just... Crazy, 51 is so young. It is. Well, he gained his wings. Miss you. He gained his wings, and we're going to miss him. Rest in paradise, my man. Um, yeah, you share all of the ways John Singleton has impacted you or some of your favorites. Because um, you think about poetic justice, everybody can quote a line from any of the movies and films and projects he's worked on. Um, Boys in the Hood was a great uh, film, um, Baby Boy. Oh yeah, man. you ain't got the lie, Jody. <laughs> I don't care about you, little. Yeah, boy, stupid dog and his perm. Talk about some curls. Ooh. That I mean, just great, just great, great art. Um, yeah. Um, he was a legend. Wellness check. Yes. Um, just wanted to pop in quick and talk about tattoo and piercing care. Definitely do your research on the artist or the person performing the piercing. Look at reviews. Look at pictures they provide. Call ahead if you want to. Um, but it definitely pays to stop by beforehand. Um... And it's not always good to take a walking position if it's a new place and or a new artist you're working with. Um, I prefer um, piercing specialists who use needles only and not necessarily guns because that's a whole 
other ballpark of you know getting bruises and complicating the healing process um because you're getting that smack of the skin when they're using the gun um so needles i think are the best way and a clean uh way to get a piercing um you definitely want to check on their health scores and ratings um and when you're getting a tattoo or piercing making sure they're opening new needles um in front of you they have on gloves um Face mask is optional. Depends on the artist. Some people don't like the smell of the ink and the blood that mixes. Um, but to do your, especially just do your research. Um, and then with the healing process, um, generally it's good to keep the area dry and clean. And then moisturize after you've cleaned and dried it. Um, that goes for piercings and tattoos. Um, for piercings specifically, um, twist them occasionally, use the ear care they provide, or whatever um, piercing care they provide as far as like liquids. Invest in some good cotton balls because you do not need to be touching it with your hand all the time. Don't allow people to touch your tattoos immediately when it's fresh. I know a lot of people like to touch it. Um, I didn't let people touch my tattoos until they um, were finished and started scarring. Which, you know, that's a part of the process. Um, But also with um, tattoos that are new, uh, make sure that you keep them out of the sun because that can damage the ink aging over time. And just, like, keeping it clean. Wash your hands when you are cleaning. Wash your hands before you clean your tattoo or piercing. And try to wear clothing that's light and breezy that will not irritate your tattoo or piercing. Well, you know what? I want me a piercing, and she told me what to do. But she also has six holes in each ear. She's talking about getting her whole face pierced. No, it's just the tragus. <laughs> that would never happen. But I've seen how people get their tongues and their lips and everything. That's that all well and good. But I'm, I'm gonna give me a little tattoo, a little maybe a little A. Mm-hmm. We'll cross that bridge if we get there. It's main discussion time. Today we're talking about fashion. Fashion, fashion, vogue, and fashion, 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 vogue, pop it. No, just fashion. Yes, who doesn't like fashion? My little tidbit of fashion for the day is now and then. Look into your closet. You might have you some old apple bottom jeans. That you might want to retro and wear. Because you look at the TV, um, like some shows they have on. You'd be like, hey, I got a, a sheer shirt. I remember back in the 80s, I was wearing a sheer shirt. What? Then you might see some FUBU. Do you have any FUBU? Not um, since middle school. See what I'm saying? Everything is coming back. Chanel bags. You know, we got to look and see how the industry wants us to spend our coins, too. So, you know... I hate to say this sometimes. Some people might not want to go. Check out some of your Goodwills, your remnant shops, or your old and new shops. Because you got some people who are making um, retro shops, and they're pretty pricey. I mean, they're charging like $75 for somebody else's worn Baby Gap sweaters or uh, sweatshirt. So, you know, you have so many different things like Coogee. That, you know, Big Papa made that. Coogee. Biggie. Yep. Yeah, Coogee. <laughs> and you got your your baby fat is coming back on market. 
FUBU supposed to be coming back on market. Everybody's still wearing their Calvin Klein's, which I still do too. Then you got your Darion's, your Louis Vuitton's. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if people still have their Red Monkey or jeans in their closet. People still wearing their little Levi's. Don't forget about your Fat Albert items. They're on the yeah, they had like the Fat Albert people on it. I don't know if they were on sale, but you know, it was a little retro. No, you can keep that. Keep that? Keep your... Mm -mm. Put it in a yard sale? I don't want it. Uh oh put it in a yard sale, people. Then you got your Gucci. You got your Iceberg. I know some of the guys used to wear a lot of that Fat Farm back in the 80s and the 90s. And people bringing back those big dookie chains. Then you got your Carol Little. That's one of my classics. My st my fashion for me, I like a little retro and a little classy. What happened? <laughs> What did you like wearing specifically growing up? Iceberg jeans, um, baby fat, Carol Little, um, Chanel lipstick. So what was Angela's go-to look? Always classy and up-to-date. So give me a fit from head to toe. Um, and I guess you could talk about whatever makeup you would wear to accent an outfit. Like, let's think, high school Angela... Um, shout, I get you want to shout out your high school? Hillside High School, Class 82, represent marching band. Salute. So what would you wear on a regular weekday? Um, I guess you can take into account, too, when you had early band practices. Um, what would you wear? Well, shoot, for the band part, the days that we did practice, I would do just Levi jeans, an Izod shirt most of the time. Or some kind of crazy t-shirt saying something real cute. But Fridays was my dress-up day. Monday through Thursday, that's basic stuff. You practiced um, band stuff in jeans? Yeah. You did high knees in jeans? Uh-huh. Getting down, yeah. In jeans? Yep. Pro kids? Yep. Because I, I didn't know the style here. I learned to adapt to the style here in, in you know, in Durham. Because, you know, when you move from somewhere else, people be looking like, oh, what you wearing? How you wear it? So I, I blend in my own little style. Um. So Fridays when you dressed up, what was that look like? What kind of shoes you wear? What? Oh, my shoes? Now, my shoe game was always totally different on Fridays. Because I'd be like, okay. Well, we had some, not like dirty books, but it was like a shoe that, which I see it came out now. Is a skin type shoe, red little heel, jeans, but those would be my good, good jeans. They might have been some, um, what's her name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Gloria Vanderbilt's, which nobody don't wear no more. <laughs> I know, I think you're going to laugh. Or um, mostly Levi's. Some people was wearing Wranglers. I didn't really get into those because they didn't fit me real, really well. But my pants used to be some kind of khakis. Or even some fatigue. I did some fatigue then in the 80s. Yep, because it was in 79 up to the 80s. So my style stayed pretty retro, whatever was going on. Um, That's cool. Um, So what? how did you accessorize? Bangles. Like, I, I'm very basic. Bangles and hoops. Lipstick, didn't really wear too much. But I will put on, like, a little pink lip gloss. Didn't worry about my skin was beautiful, so I didn't really put on too much makeup. I didn't need it. That's that's nice. Um, 
yeah, um, high school, I definitely had, um, I guess you would say a sneaker fetish for Air Forces. That literally was the only shoe I wore, but I wasn't necessarily concerned with creasing them because I never had, like, I didn't do, like, even with running in those shoes, like, I didn't crease them, um, but I had so many different kinds of pairs that I didn't care if I creased them, creased creased them, um, but I love the special edition Valentine's. There was this um, lime green army fatigue and blue pair I had. Just loved, love, love them. Um, you definitely kept me a name brand. And I know that was because it was a little round fluffy baby. And you didn't want anybody to have anything to say about your baby. Not. Don't you say that about my baby. Yes, so I had the nicest shoes, the cutest tops, pants, apple bottoms, baby fat, dairy on, uh, matching sets would mix them up. Um, just cute, cute, cute things. Um, and I was just round then. I wasn't even as big as I thought I was. Um, and so, uh, to that, um, but I was cute. I was fashionable. Definitely had a lot of fashion sense. Um, did not like the whole matchy match with accessories. Um, I did wear a lot of gold um, growing up. And I'm still really into gold. I don't care too much for silver. I love me a nice hoop or a bangle. Um, I was really trying to get into makeup ASAP. But we talked about that the last episode. Um, yes, how I used to rock my eyeliner and my mascara. And um, nice lip gloss. Lip gloss. My lip gloss was popping. It was cool. Um, but yeah, I remember um, just having that issue of finding clothes that fit my um, hips. Because you know you got a little curve. And that's something I got from my daddy's side. Oh yes, but you was always fashionable, and don't get it wrong, people. It was it was not breaking me. I did not spend as nearly as much out as I wanted to. We it was a budget. It was not even a struggle. All my kids were dressed with name brands because you know when you go to school, people pick. But it was something how I was raised. You raise and take care of your kids. Like you know, like now everybody's into the Michael Kors thing. Michael Kors has been out for a while. Just like Tommy Hilfiger, I never was into that, but other people were. You know, like the Burberry. People didn't even know nothing about no Burberry until they found out exactly where it came from, from England. So, I didn't get into that. Yeah, I know when I was looking for things growing up, it was just, and still now, it's not necessarily the name brand, but how it fits, how it makes me feel, what's cute to me. Because I would wear sneakers in a dress real fast. I know that's something that wasn't too popular, um, but something I would do um, just because it was cute to me. Um, still would rock that look on any day I'm not in the office. Um, but it's still true now about accessibility, clothing, what's cute, comfortable, um, that we think about, I think about when I'm shopping. Um and going back to your point about not breaking the bank when you bought us clothes, you sure didn't because you definitely told us when you bought something, when we got new clothes, when we went school shopping, you're going to take care of these clothes and they're going to last. You definitely taught us to invest in good pieces of clothing that will last after washes um, and how to take care of different materials, how to you know separate 
um, your clothes when you wash them based on the material, the color, um, if it's going to bleed or not, you know. Um, so we definitely understood this isn't just, you know, to make you look cute for the week. These have to last. Um, you taught us how to mix and match. And then you did give us some leeway as we got older um, with dressing ourselves. But I have kept that um, with me as far as making sure I invest in clothes that'll last um, after a couple of washes. And I, I don't mean couple like five, four, six, but I mean like something you can wear for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to donate clothes that you thought you would like, but only wore a couple of times. Yeah, I've done that. I. I appreciate you even saying that because sometimes people just spend all their money and they don't even have nowhere to live. I was raised, always have a nice black dress and some good pumps. Stilettos are cute too, but eh, invest in some good um, non-West. I mean, you can get some Jimmy, what's his name, Jimmy Choo? Jimmy. Jimmy Choo. Them shoes hurt your feet. I don't care what size you get. I've had some and I gave them away. And like everybody talking about the red bottoms. If you're gonna invest, make sure get them a, get them a little bit big, cause you spending some money. Try the shoe first. I my favorite test for heels is whether or not I can run in them. If I cannot run in them, I will not wear them. You don't ever know as a woman when you got to dip off, <laughs> and if it doesn't matter, like you do not want to take your shoes off and have to run barefoot. Some people can do that. It depends on where I'm at. I could do it if I needed to, you know, if it was an emergency. But you don't want to take your shoes off. Can you Can you run? Can you run in your shoes Um, for anything? Um, yeah. I say try them first. I do, too. And if you can ball your foot up in them. And another thing, when you buy high-end clothes, make sure it can last another year because you might can mix and match it for wintertime. Like now, people wearing nice sneakers with beautiful dresses. Everything has its own style. Even though some people might not go for it or they're like, oh, I'm not going to wear, wear no sneakers. But they got some cute, bedazzled type shoes out. Yes, do what feels good to you. Um, I have learned that as long as I look like I'm ready for whatever part I'm playing that day, you can't say anything. I know I feel comfortable. I look cute. I'm confident. So I'm going to rock this outfit the way I want to. I'm known in my friend groups As a person who will be dressed, my face will be beat, my hair will be cute. Um, But that's just just me and my personal brand, how I care to dress. Because I know when I dress and I feel comfortable, I can tackle the day. I can tackle and face anything, anybody. And you know what? Do your own fashion. Look, look, I be seeing some things be costing $600. I might go to Roses somewhere, honey, and find something that makes the match. Nobody won't know. And I throw me some... Calvin Klein jeans and my what? Michael Kors bag or my Gucci bag or my coach. You just don't know. Mix and match and have fun with it. Right. And name brand. You don't have to have the latest name brand. Rock whatever you got from the thrift store. There And sometimes you can find some nice thrift store um, treasures. And it could be name brand. But don't get caught up in the name brand. Um, wear, what, wear, what, wear what you can wear. That's comfortable for you. Get the job done or get the job. Um, so now, Mom, that you've had three kids, you're a whole grandma. What's your style like? Now that you have, you know, retired officially, now that you are this um, 
blossoming mompreneur um now that you are an entrepreneur new to the scene and you know just a funny crazy person um what would you say your style is a little bit the same i don't change much but i know i don't um show my boobs and stuff like that and i try to make sure if i have on a jacket not reveal too much of my hiney parts so i've toned it down a little bit but i like to be classy i like me some pearls I don't want to look, and I represent my grandma glam, okay? Because we all don't look like we look. You got to look cute. And when you go out, you got to represent who you are. And if you're dealing with a dry cleaner, make sure it's a dry cleaner that don't burn your clothes. Burn clothes rip. Yes. But yeah, my fashion sense is pretty much the same. I want to, you know, when people see me, I want them to know like, oh, she's approachable. I can talk to her. She looks friendly. Because you ever seen some people in some suits? They look all uptight. I can have on a suit and still give you that look like, Hey, girl. Hey, boo. How you doing? Hey, Miss Lady. That's a personal choice. Some people, that's just them. Whether they're in a suit or a tube, tube top. They just don't want to be bothered. Because I've been looking on the web. I mean, we've been seeing some funny sites. Some people be put on Easter suits all year round. Come on, people. That's their personal brand. <laughs> Easter suit Jimbo. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Um, and just thinking about what we have as far as the fashion industry changing, um, I look to just whatever is current. Um, I don't always follow what the spring trends are, what the spring color is for your nail color, or... Um, all of that. Um, there are a couple of Instagram pages I follow. Um, and then magazines, you know, we check out to see what's going on. But then I just, you know, put my own spin to it um, based on what I find. What I am tired of is all them floral skull, same floral, raggedy, graphic, t- zebra print they find for plus-size clothing. Uh, and you think about people like Takara. Uh, Daniel Brooks, Monique Queen Latifah, Chrissy Metz, um, Gabori Sidibe, Jill Scott, um, and especially Lizzo more recently. Um, when you think about people who have um, cultivated how we see plus size women in, in fashion, um, just the way we have to accept our bodies. Um, for what they are and dress them how we feel. It's all about the person. So personality, I think, is a part of the the like an accessory um, to whatever outfit. Sometimes. And I agree with you on that because when they be saying, even though I'm a plus size little lady, don't say every size fits, honey. That's a, that that's not it. You mean one size fits all. Yeah, one size. You know what I'm talking about. One size fits all. I'm getting kind of worked up there because they love to put you in these floral. Cheetah prints and stuff, and you look in the mirror, you like a bag of Skittles. Nope, I'm not wearing that. I know there are other texture styles and things. Um, so I did want to take a second to shout out some alternatives. Um, and just in general with fashion, you think about um, before I, I dive into um, some black alternatives for clothing brands. Um, 
adaptive clothing for people with um, different needs and abilities. I think that is so good that we have them now in mainstream stores like Target, Macy's, um, like different adaptive clothing brands. So, you know, like some people with um, different sensory, um, like that's connected to autism, like they have different um, responses to touch or noises that could be with like a tag or material you don't think about. And so um, people with braces who have to walk with crutches who are in wheelchairs, um, I think that that was, you know, some of the um, magic behind moms who were fed up. Some like there's brands by moms who, um, were tired of struggling with their kids, so they created, you know, different shoes that um, zip and unzip for the whole foot to slide in and then the shoe to zip around the foot rather than making the fit the shoe, the foot fit the shoe. Um, so reversing that process. So um, that's something to check out and to support as well, adaptive clothing for all of us, different, you know, inclusive shopping. Um, some other alternative black-owned brands. Um, you have Simple Industries, so that's SMPL Industries, um, Too Deep, so it's T-O, lowercase, Deep, D-E-E-P, all caps. Um, then you have History without the um, vowels, so it's H-S-T-R-Y. Then you have Fly Robotics, um, Beautiful in Every Shade, and of course, Marathon Clothing to name a few um so definitely do some research into alternative clothing brands rather than going mainstream all the time um of course there will be differences in prices but you know the same way you save up for that gucci that balenciaga or whatever um check out those other brands um and support support Oh, uh, talking brown sugars hitting the streets, um, per usual. But um, as we begin to network and attend different networking events, we will try to mention them at the end of the show, in case you all want to meet up with us at those events, network connect all that. Um, you know, build your network. Um, but May fourth this Saturday. We are going to be attending the A Touch of Joy Ministries, Inc. Fashion Show and Gospel Showcase. Yes. Uh, we'll be in the building for that. Woo-woo. We're going to definitely dress like it's fashion week. I'm excited. Me too. I'm wearing all black. I'm wearing black and a little silver. Um, Because the theme and what they told us to wear was black and silver. So we'll post pics. Um, of our looks on social. Uh, May 18th, we'll be attending uh, the social club, the Saturday morning brunch social club um, that we are part of is having a rainbow tea. The theme this year is um, love in all colors. And this year we are not on the same team. I am team yellow. I am team orange. Um, that's going to be on May 18th. If you would like to attend or donate, um, hit us up via email, and we can let you know how you can get in for free or how you can donate. Um, there'll be lots of food, lots of mingling. We'll have a powerful message and um, some live performances as well. 
that's talking about sugar in the streets. In the streets. Come on out. As always, follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar. On Twitter at Talking Brown dot It's just Talking Brown Sugar. There's no dots. Um, Talking Brown S U G on Twitter. Um, email is Talking Brown dot Sugar at Gmail dot com. Uh, like, share, share with a friend, a colleague. Um, introduce people to podcasts in general. Um, share this podcast with a link. Um, you can find us at Apple Podcasts. Just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Rocket Casts, all kinds of places. Um, and coming to more soon. Yay. Yes. Yeah, so, use the hashtag TBSUG. Shug. I say Sug because it looks like Sug, but it's Shug. So T, capital T, B S U G, T B Shug. Um, when you want to shout us out, send something, or you want us to share something, shout out your business, all those kinds of things. We are on the lookout. Also, I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We, we out. out.